From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. If you recall, when France enacted the digital services tax, uh, President Trump said, well, then we're going to impose a tax on French wine, which, which is actually the right response. Welcome back to the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. France and a host of other nations recently announced imposing a digital services tax on multinational companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, which earn massive profits while paying very little tax. With us today to untangle the long and complicated history of international tax law is Patricia Brown, Miami Law's director of the tax program. Brown oversaw and coordinated the U.S. tax treaty program for the U.S. Treasury Department as their deputy international tax counsel from 1999 until 2008. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, Tricia. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, So let's start with just a quick explainer of the players. Like, who is the consumer and who is the product in this discussion? And where are they based? Well, the U.S. is the the companies that the other countries are trying to go after, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This is a case where the consumer of the product is you and me. We're on the computer, we're buying products, we're down, we're looking at Google ads. And so uh, the companies are selling to advertisers. Those are the the clients. Um, The consumers are looking at the advertisements or they're buying the products. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the, the consumer are you and me, but the consumer is also the product, Mm -hmm. right? Because Google is or Google is getting paid by the advertisers because they can deliver you and me uh, to the advertisers. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, on television, people pay for advertising on TV because the networks can say, this is how many eyeballs we have looking at your advertisement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh it's just the the old network TV model of commercials being moved into uh, cyberspace. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Americans are both consumers and the product, so to speak. And then if we look at places like China and India versus the the EU, is that a different analytic there? Okay. So when you start looking at the tax world, We have a system of over 3,000 bilateral tax treaties, Mm -hmm. and those treaties are allocate income between countries, and so they're allocating tax revenues between countries. And countries like China and India have been saying for decades that they should be able to tax uh, more of the income because they have big markets. Mm -hmm. And so they say the markets are here, and so we should get the income. The U.S. perspective has been the income is generated because we create the technology mm-hmm. and the the programming, the design, the marketing, the production. The production is managed here, mm-hmm. although it's you know the production itself may take place in China or Vietnam or somewhere mm-hmm. where labor costs are low. 
But the ideas are all from the U.S. Right. And so the U.S. has always taken the position that the income is generated here. And the answer has been for many years, if you want to tax the market, you want if you want some additional tax revenues because you have a big market, you should impose a consumption tax. Which is exactly what the the tax on digital services is? Exactly. Okay. And so from one perspective, what's happened is the country said, okay, we'll tax you on the we'll impose a consumption tax. And the thing about consumption taxes is that it's very easy to pass those taxes on to the client, the customer. Like the tariffs that, that Trump has been exactly levying. Exactly. There there's a technical discussion about whether this is a tariff or an excise tax, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Because what both is an excise tax? An excise tax is what we call sin taxes, mm-hmm. right? You uh, many excise taxes are imposed on things that we want people to consume less of. So alcohol, tobacco, firearms, okay. gasoline. Mm-hmm. So those are all excise taxes. A tariff is a tax on something that comes across the border. And so apparently this may technically be an excise tax and not a tariff because the French found like one company in France that will actually have to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. But but even if they technically pay the tax, because tariffs and excise taxes are so discreet, they are easily passed on to the customer. Right. And so immediately after India enacted its version of a digital services tax uh, several years ago, the companies just announced that they were going to impose an additional fee on the advertisers. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, the same thing happened in France. And so what if you then impose the fee on the advertisers, it's the French companies that are advertising on Google that end up paying the tax mm-hmm. and then they take a deduction for it on their French tax returns. So France didn't actually get very much. It all goes around and around. It does. So is is this just part of the tax tango in the hundred year tax war? It, it, like a one off or is it no, I th- I think that yes. I mean, there there are yes, two it's ways a to one offer. Yes, it's a skirmish in the hundred year war. It's it's both of those things. Okay, I think obviously there are some com- countries that are very concerned about tech companies not paying tax anywhere, but changes made to the U.S. international tax system as part of the two thousand and seventeen tax change tax law changes mean that those companies probably are paying tax and they're probably paying tax to the U S so, so the political um, climate that led to countries saying, Oh, we have to be able to tax these tech companies because they're so evil. They're not paying tax anywhere. That has changed a bit, Mm -hmm. but what still exists is that the market countries, China, India, are using this as an excuse Mm -hmm. to gain some ground they've been wanting to gain for a hundred years. And so a lot of the rhetoric is wrong. People are saying, oh, well, we need new rules because these rules are a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. But that's not true because the rules in the 1922 
uh, treaty between the Slovenes and the Croats and the Romanians don't look anything like the rules in our modern treaties. Mm -hmm. There's been this just constant expansion of source or host country taxing rights. So um, we've added articles to deal with artists and athletes because they can go into a country and earn a lot of money very quickly, but that host country couldn't tax them because of the rules that otherwise would apply. And so we said, okay, the income is actually being earned in that country. And so it makes sense that mm -hmm. you should be able to tax once a, in the U.S. we have a certain threshold. Other countries say day one, dollar one, but mm -hmm. that's detail. Right. But fundamentally we said, yes, if, a, you know, if Beyonce goes and does a concert in London and she makes a couple million dollars in one night, the UK can tax that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to us. Right. And so there are lots of other rules like that that have come in over the course of that hundred years so that what we have now is not the rules from a hundred years ago. Uh, but people say, oh, well, those are the old rules. We have a new economy. Well, the economy has been changing over a hundred years and treaties have responded. Mm -hmm. So the so the OECD is now responding to these concerns the from OECD. other countries. Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Sure. Sorry. They're the only, on tax policy, they really lead the world. Mm -hmm. The UN has a tax policy group, but they don't have resources. So the technical work really happens at the OECD. But the OECD has also opened up to more non-OECD members. Mm -hmm. So the OECD was always known as the rich man's club because it was the developed countries. But the inclusive framework now includes 134 countries. So it's so they're reflecting the interests of the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, mm -hmm. more than uh, the OECD used to. Okay. And so what's interesting now is the countries that have sort of switched sides, right? France always used to be very heavily interested in taxation by the residents' country, so they would have been on our side. Mm -hmm. But the tech industry is sort of switching them to the other side. And China and, it, and India, of course, are saying, happy, you know, how nice of you to join us. Right. Right, good. Um, so I know this um, big 2013, everything seems to kind of go back to the colon, eh, colon yes. uh, proposal <laughs> in France that they're sort of arguing that countries are just buying stuff, but others are contributing to the, to the company's intangibles um, is, is like, that's data, right? Right. Well, well, this is, this is the new argument they're making. Right. And so, as I said, India and China have been asking for greater source state taxation for decades. Mm -hmm. And the U S has said, no, you're just a market. The colony column report was interesting because it said, this is a fundamentally different industry, right? If I'm watching TV, mm -hmm. the networks that I happen to watch show me lots of ads for Volvos. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not interested in Volvos. So I just, I must hit the demographic that watches the food network must be interested in Volvos. But when I go on to Google, mm -hmm. Google remembers what I've searched for and they said, and then they can sell me 
to advertisers based on what I've searched for. And so when I go on Google, I start seeing pop-up ads for Mazdas because my daughter's getting her driver's license and she would like a Mazda. And so- Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, she's not. she may not be getting it. But the point is that what Google is selling is much more tailored advertising. I'm much more likely to respond to a pop-up ad relating to Mazdas than- the TV commercial relating to Volvo. So I'm not buying her a Volvo. That's the spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. So, right. And so the Colony Colony report said, this is not the same argument that India and China have been making that we have passive consumers. Mm -hmm. The argument is that the person who is on the computer doing searches actually adds to the value of the intangible. Mm -hmm. because they're providing more intangibles. Just like if you or I go on Amazon and we buy a book, we add to the algorithm because the next time somebody goes on to buy the same book, at the bottom it'll say people who bought that book also bought these other books. Right. And so the whole database becomes more valuable because of the input from the consumers. And that has a higher value, I assume, than the actual products that people are buying? Well, at least in that's India a matter and China. of trend. Right. I mean, that, but but that is possibly right. But but it's but it's a different economy. And so Colin and Collins said, because the consumers are adding to the algorithm, the market countries should get more income. Right. Uh, and so that's the argument that is being made now at the OECD or in the in these discussions. Um, you know there are responses to that, which is people have always responded, right? If people didn't buy the Volvos, then they would change them, mm -hmm. right? The market has always been an iterative process that involves the consumer, but this is much more direct. Right. I see. Um, so it sounds a little like you're saying the EU thinks they're going to win this and the U.S. thinks they're going to win this, but is it really going to solve anything? So the digital services taxes are being used as a way to push us to some new international tax regime, which allocates more income to the market countries. Mm -hmm. And, and there's been this direct trade-off. The, there was a deal between, you know, if you, if you recall when France enacted the digital services tax, mm -hmm. uh, president Trump said, well, then we're going to impose a tax on French wine, which, which is actually the right response, mm -hmm. right? It's a trade response. It says, you know, you impose an excise tax or a tariff, we're going to impose a tariff or excise tax. Mm -hmm. uh, but some, but then they got, you know, there was a discussion and France said, well, if the OECD work results in a new regime, we will refund the digital services tax. So they've tied the digital services tax directly to this process of reaching an agreement. Mm -hmm. But we're not sure where that agreement is going to go. But part of the agreement is a sort of formulary apportionment of the income of the entire affiliated group. So once Google makes more than a certain threshold mm -hmm. uh, amounts of sales in a country, then potentially a portion of the entire group's income will be allocated to that country on a formulary basis. Mm -hmm. So. There's nothing specifically wrong with allocating income based on where 
you know, to the host country based on income that's actually earned there. We've done that over the past hundred years. There's also nothing wrong with doing a case-by-case analysis and saying, yeah, some of that intangible income from the U.S. should be allocated to where the marketing takes place. We we did that 20 years ago in some rules relating fin- to financial services. But the difference here is they're trying to come up with a formula that will allocate all the income with respect to the you know, one formula for the entire industry. Mm-hmm. And, and so it won't respond to the particular circumstances of a particular company. Mm-hmm. And the idea, and the U.S. has apparently been pushing this because the idea is that way there won't be double taxation. And so the, you know, the nirvana is everybody agrees on how the formula works. So the income is taxed, you know, 100% of the income is taxed somewhere once and not twice. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S., you know, China and India thinks we're going to get more of that, which means the U.S. is going to get less. Right. Um, former Treasury officials have said, well, the U.S. is a big market, so we're going to get more. So everybody thinks they're going to get more. And that is mathematically impossible. <laughs> uh, and so. That's where we are. And so if you were wearing the tax tiara for the whole world, what would your position be? Where where's the sweet spot? Well. What I would do first Mm -hmm. as a U.S. person. I would say. I'm worried about the OECD proposal. Mm -hmm. And and part of it is that a lot of countries know that the U.S. has very antiquated rules for the taxation of foreign companies. Mm-hmm. And so even if treaties give us the right to tax the income, we can't exercise that right. So the first thing I would do from a U.S. perspective is greatly expand U.S. source state taxation so that other countries know if this, but I would make it subject to our tax treaty obligations. Mm-hmm. So the other countries know if they go down this road, the U.S. is going to exercise the full rights it's given Mm -hmm. under this proposal to tax. That would slow them down. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's not a terrible thing that these companies could end up with some consumption taxes. That's what we've been saying for 20 years. What what sort of and that's that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like we don't want these companies to get an unfair advantage compared to bricks and mortar companies. We just went through that in the U.S. For many years, companies were not, you know, companies that were selling remotely didn't pay state sales taxes. And that gave them an advantage. Mm -hmm. The Wayfair decision last year said, no, you you need to pay state sales taxes. That seems fair. That mm-hmm. takes away their advantage. And so the digital services taxes basically is doing the same thing in the international sphere as Wayfair, the Supreme Court case, did in the U.S. sphere. So, so it puts them on a level playing field. Uh, if customers are willing to pay the extra tax because they think it's a valuable service, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. If they think it's not a valuable service, they won't do it. And the company will have to. Uh, reduce its prices or do something else. So, mm-hmm. so I would actually 
not respond to the digital services tax. Mm -hmm. I th I think it is a bizarre situation where uh, the U.S. seems to be responding to a tariff by saying we have to change the entire income tax system. Mm -hmm. You know, when President Trump enact you know announced the twenty five percent tariffs on steel, we didn't change the rules for the taxation of income from steel, uh, and so this connection in the internet in the digital services case or the tech company case mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Tax in a teacup with Trisha Brown. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's episode was brought to you by University of Miami School of Law's fourth annual class action and complex litigation forum, where experts and practitioners explore cutting edge issues in multi-district class actions on January 24th. For more information, visit law.miami.edu forward slash MCAF. Thank you.